Welcome everybody to another episode of Keepers of Book. I'm your host, Maz, joined here with my co-host, Jordan. And today we are talking about Star Trek Discovery, Season 2, Episodes 5 through 8. Um, I'd like... Okay, I'm, again, up to the ante, up to the quality. I, I'm liking these four even more than the previous four, which I already liked more than all of Season 1. Mm-hmm. It's getting better. I'll just give it that. I'm not going to say anything crazy, but it's getting better. For sure. Um, right off the bat, though, <laughs> it sounds like I'm about to crap all over. Right off the bat, I am going to say that I don't like uh, the first episode of this se- of this um, section all too much. I want to say it's bad, but it's not good. It <laughs> it, it, it just isn't saying, especially if you compare it to. The Kelpian episode, yeah, right, and which then, is the next one? Yeah, the one right after that. That that episode felt like half a season's worth of episodes. That episode was really well done. Just the one episode, or talking about just both the episodes included? No, just the, the Kelpian episode was, I believe, was just one episode, right? Saru's stuff. Okay, okay, I was just making sure. I thought you were talking about the combination of the two episodes where the story. Oh. Right. Right. Um. Okay, did I or did I not call it that that doctor was going to come back to life? Okay, yeah, he's going to come back to life. By fungus. Uh, I did not like how they handled it. It was, a, I mean, you're never going to like how anybody handles it unless it's like the person comes down like one of the heralds himself from the Tranquiline Halls or something. You're not going to like it because it, it's... When they bring people back to life, there's only like a handful of authors slash TV shows that actually do it right. Yes, exactly. This this was not – it was okay. I'll just give it okay. It was okay. It it was cool to see that he came back to life by fungus. Mm. Okay. The way I would have done it was that, first of all, the mycelial network, they've taken it too far. You think they took it too far? But I mean – that's something you kind of have to take kind of far, don't you? I was okay with it being, okay, this network is a network, <clears throat> a spider web that interweaves all the different dimensions, and you can jump between dimensions, and you can jump interdimension, or intradimension, I should say. Within one dimension, you can jump to any space or time area, right? Like, but, I was cool with that. But then they extended it to, like, now the guy died, that the doctor died, and the his consciousness was transferred when the guy when Stamets just touched him, right? Which that was already like, okay, that's weak to me, because um, he's already dead, right? right? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't—I don't even think he had his physical being touched him, like his mycelial network being touched him. His consciousness um, touched him, kind of. Right. So that's like even—and he's been dead, by the way. It wasn't like. It's a little bit of a stretch, is what you're right. saying. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's like, if his consciousness has touched him, like, right when he was about to die, right? Because he, in his mind, he's in the mycelial network, at the time works differently, so he was able to, like, slow it down, jump across, and touch him right when he's dying. And then, okay, and on top of that, for him to come back to life fully, like, I'm talking bo- uh, body, memories, right, everything, if it was something like, you know, his... He's still alive in the sense that his presence, his being exists in the mycelial network. <laughs> but he can't 
like you know he can't inhibit a physical body in the physical realm you've been okay with that i would have been okay with that that would have been like okay that's that's deal fair we're in i'm good but for them to jump all the way into that it was a bit much um and then also there was one moment i think it was section 31 they were like trying to pull the ship out from the mycelial network thing which by the way that whole mumbo jumbo where they jump halfway of the ship into the mycelial network and the other half is just kind of dangling in air dangling yeah dangling in this yeah and then like so he said that i'm gonna pull the the section 31 leader leland he said i'm gonna pull the ship out but then he said no just hold us here because we need part of the ship submerged into the mycelial network thing but then leland says no i'm gonna pull you out because no he said at first he said i'm gonna pull you out but then they said no don't do that and then he said Okay, but my thrusters can't... This is overloading the engines. Okay. I'm not a physics expert. But if some if you can pull somebody out, that takes more force going the other way than it takes to just hold somebody in neutral. Right. Right? So, so it's if like... I'm pulling you at 100 meters per second left, and you're holding me at just, just... We're at a standstill. That means you're pushing back 100 meters per second right. Right, but if you do, yeah, if to, if you're telling me that to pull me, you would need to do more than 100 meters per second. So, you're do you know what I'm trying to say here? Like, well, you if, what if you could if you could pull me out, that means you could hold me still. Do you get know what I'm trying to say? If the engines right. could were capable of pulling the, the discovery force can out work multiple way both ways. Yeah, if yeah, well, it would be working one way regardless. But I'm just saying that like if the if a Leland ship could pull the discovery out, then it is more than capable of holding the ship there. Right. Right. So, so that was like, I'm like, okay, you did not think this through. This is again, another sign of like the overarching plot. The individual episodes are starting to get better. I love captain Pike. I think he's actually become my favorite character of the show. Um, the Saru episodes. Oh, we'll get to that in a second. It was he's fantastic. Pretty good. Yeah. He's actually become another one of my favorites. I like him a lot. But yeah, it he's got that was good. What is it? What is it called? He's got his gangly. Is that what they call him? The gangly. Yeah, the little, the little thing on his comes body. Out. Yeah, that's and a little I, odd. I also love the way he walks too. The way he walks is well, with an air of confidence almost. No, it's. Have you seen his arms? It's like they're long. No, no. no. Have you seen his arms when he's walking? Oh, like the the sway of his arms, or the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just and it's behind his body too. So it's like it's almost like he's swimming in the air. It's Oh, I guess that's true. I never know. I never saw it like that, but I guess that's true. That's kind of yeah. neat. I didn't yeah. think about it like that. So Saru's stuff was really cool, but uh, but like you know, there's like little details that I just feel like they kind of fall apart on. But regardless, it happens. Right? It happens. Yeah, uh, we've already established that this is not one of those shows. This is not an elite tier show. This is just a oh. B tier. Well, um, if you're talking elite tier shows, we're talking Expanse, Avatar. Obviously, two different sides of the coin, but right, yeah, House of the Dragon, Game of Thrones. So you did like Breaking House of the Bad? Dragon. Oh, I loved House of the Dragon. Yeah, I did. Oh. I, could, I watched all of Breaking Bad, but I wouldn't say I liked it that much. Really? No, I just. And here's the thing, Miles. I can't. If I'm if I'm watching a show, like actually seriously watching a show, I don't like modern time shows. Okay. 
I like the medieval era, the magic, the dragons. But then I, on the flip side of that coin, I also like the the space, the Star Wars, the expand. You know what I mean? Yeah, you just don't like. I don't like fiction. modern times. Yeah, you just don't like just straight fiction. Yeah, because like, I'm like, something. yeah, I'm like throughout the entire Breaking Bad series, I was like, caught, caught, caught. You're caught. You're caught. You're caught. You're caught. You're caught. And it ruined it for me because I was so serious about the modern. Sure. But anyways, no, no, no. That, I mean, honestly, that makes sense. I, I totally get it. Because, um, you know, like, there's some people that get high and mighty about, like, you know, oh, I don't like anything fantasy or sci-fi. I want everything to be realistic. And you know what? That's fair, too. But right. if that opinion is fair, then so is your opinion. That if the opposite, I don't, I don't the want my stuff to be, be yeah, I, like, you say you like The Office. Uh, it's one of those shows you throw on in the background and take a laugh sure. at occasion. Yeah, yeah. No, I 100% agree but with that. But that's comedy, though. So yeah, it's not no, like comedy's a little... To... Yeah, I agree. Comedy takes a little different... Uh, it, it is judged a little bit differently, right? Because right. you don't judge it for, right. oh, there's no character development here. But it's I would like, never... I, I love The Office, but I would never be like, oh, The Office is an elite-tier show. It's like, no, I The agree. Office is a funny, goofy show. I agree. And it should stay in that category. Having said that, Silicon Valley is an elite tier show, but I will not take any arguments. No questions. We're moving. <laughs> um, okay. So you should watch Silicon Valley. Honestly, it's really funny. Uh, but regardless, the thing that I really like that I really want to touch on was the Saru episode. Like me and my wife, when we were watching it, we were like sitting there actually theorizing. Okay, so what is the actual history of the Baul and the oh, so you, you went straight into the lore then. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, yeah. My, okay, that's why I like the show as well. Because yeah. or the the episode as well because it gave us more lore in the universe instead of just giving us a character development arc that gave us really nothing to think about. Exactly. And you know, now I started thinking, okay, maybe his maybe the Baul are nothing more than just elitist Kelpians, right? These priests right. who became raised to higher like ranking but then i'm like okay well what about his dad but i'm like well maybe they brainwash them and then they just keep this charade going right and then but honestly the way that they wrote it was even better right like the baul actually were predator or prey to the evolved to the um kelpians who went through their puberty i guess i don't know how to explain that what into their puberty oh puberty uh, yeah aging. <laughs> yeah so and I thought it was really cool. The way that they wrote it was actually very creative, and I liked it a lot. That the Baul are not necessarily bad, right? They're going off history that they're like, dude, these guys killed us for centuries. We were almost extinct. And right. through our technology, we were able to kind of beat them back. Ourselves. Yeah. So, I get it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I think the main part of... That this uh, the, that especially the show that you're talking. Wow, I mumbled a little bit there or uh, stumbled a little bit there. But the main thing I really got out of that is more of the background and lore of the universe, and that it gets me thinking. Like, if they're able to explore this much of the universe, and the universe never stops expanding per se, um, I mean, what else is out there? It it can't be just um, it can't be just the handful of groups that we see now like there's got to be thousands of other mm -hmm. entities out there or species of humanoid out there so that really gets me thinking 
on what you could really do with the universe of Star Trek. Like you could just go insane. I agree. Um, I think that's why I'm really excited to start Strange New Worlds because I feel like that that's what's going to be. Yeah, and I, the I focus. think yep, and that's the segue into the the next series is. But I'm glad we're going into it with a little bit of background and a little bit of how the universe of the universe of Star Trek works. So that that helps me like get in, immerse myself in the show instead of just being like, I agree. another short episode. You know what I mean? I agree. Um, because you know, season one, and we always go back to it. It's just. Wow, like it's such a bad season. And I do feel like that. I don't know if they mm-hmm. replace the writers or the writers. Replace. Like, okay, fine. Replace them now. I mean, I'll be honest. Like the writing style is completely different. Like this isn't cheesy, actiony, all about war. Like there has it actually hasn't been a whole lot of war. No, just little conflict. Yep. Um, the the and then also Saru's sister. Which you know, me. she's. Yeah, that was kind of cool to see. I thought it was just going to be another love interest, and there she went with sister. I was like, oh, okay, that's uh, that's a neat little twist there. Um, nothing. Yeah. Um, I, and then I also, you know, the whole spikes coming out and shooting the spine, the little spikes at the Ba'u when uh, Saru was pinned against the wall. Oh, that was um, neat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about now. I, thought, I was like, wait, what? Yeah, yeah. Uh... And then, you know, actually another theory that I had was what, what if the Ba'ul are actually an advanced alien race that are not native to that planet? They came along, settled there, and then they tricked the Kelpians into enslaving themselves to the Ba'ul. You know, and that storyline has happened before. In what? I can't tell you. <laughs> All right. Um, but yeah, it, the... So I thought that that was it, but again, the the actual writing that they actually went with, I think was better than my theories, and I really enjoyed it a lot. The episode after is all about Red Angel and... Uh, Red Angel. The Red Angel and then the uh, uh, finding Spock. So then they, they finally find Spock, and he kind of leads them, which this is cool. The black hole is an illusion. Yeah, kind of like Spock's mind's all jacked up, right? Yeah, and he he has he basically has dyslexia. I think that's that's what they call it, it's like dysphagia or something. Um, Is that just the alien word for dyslexia? I I guess. Um, I guess. And then he. So so, so if your brain's telling you you have to use the potty, right? Your brain's telling you, hey, I I gotta pee, but instead it's backwards. So, like, you're actually pooing. <laughs> like, think about dyslexia of the actual brain activity. You're feeling like you have to pee, but it's coming out the other end. That is messed up. Sorry. I just thought about that for some I mean, reason. isn't dyslexia of the brain? No, it is. But I'm talking about, like, actually your brain working backwards. Oh, okay. But anyway, yeah. that was just a goofy thought. That is, um, um, that is quite the... But hey, we're in Star Trek, so it could happen. We've seen the Mycelium <laughs> Network, so bring back somebody to li- bring somebody back to life. Instead, so of, the, instead of saying that God works uh, works in mysterious ways, he said the Mycelium Network works, works in mysterious. Yeah. yeah, what if the Mycelium Network is God? Yeah, I mean that. 
That could be the concept, right? Like that our understanding of God in the Star Trek universe was fungus. Yeah, it was just this um, multi-dimensional, not even an entity, just a multi-dimensional plane. That's got to be freaking bliss, though. If you're in that plane, that's got to be bliss. Or terrifying because you're seeing the horrors of every planet and every um, universe, I guess. So you'd be like a shard. And you're, yeah, and you're experiencing uh, all the time at the same time. Like, I don't know if uh, mortal minds are capable of handling. Who said? I, that's what I said. I don't know. You don't know me? Okay. <laughs> but yeah, you just that felt was... different. I just... <laughs> felt different. I never want to say it again. Yeah. The, um, okay. Did you get caught off guard with the initial, um, of that last episode that we're covering where it was like the old Star Trek? Say it again. Like the beginning of the episode. It started with, um, you know, like the old Star Trek TV show. Oh, the okay, old yeah, actors, yeah, the yeah, original yeah. ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, man, I that caught me off guard. I was like, did, did the Paramount app just accidentally play the wrong Star Trek? Oh, okay. Because I uh, thought it was just a flashback, which obviously it was. But yeah, so the way that they're describing it, I hate it when they do this. The way that they're describing it is that each um character no it's like a timeline where that old star trek was a different timeline or something mm-hmm. i don't know it, there's something time involved in. and as soon as i hear time my life gets goofy <laughs> yeah it, like i start losing interest right away honestly because i'm just like most of you guys don't do this properly um bit of a hot take but i actually think that avengers endgame did that time travel pretty well um i think what and this is the thing with time travel too is that you instantly introduce um so many plot holes if you actually look into it deep enough well you're yeah dude when it comes to that going back and forth in time and all that good stuff there's gonna be so many plot holes dude nobody can make it perfect Mm -hmm. i think Sanderson can. Think Sanderson can? God, Sanderson's my man. Actually, I don't know, because I think he did actually talk about that himself. Oh, he did, did he? say something about that he doesn't want to touch time travel. And and there's a lot of authors that actually agree with this point. And that time travel is a extremely risky and and even like you said, borderline impossible thing to do right. Because yeah. You will always walk yourself into some plot hole. And you can't like you can't get out. You have to rewrite the whole thing. Yeah. And then also your show, movie, whatever, better end right there. Because anything in the future, the traditional response becomes Alright, well, why don't they just time travel? Right. Unless you can find a way where it's just like, oh, well, the time travel device was destroyed. It's like, oh, well, why can't you recreate it? Blah, blah, blah. So yeah, it yes, becomes... Yes, yes, It becomes nonsense almost. Yes. Um, and there is one show that did time travel really well. And even then, if you actually wanted to sit through and dissect it, I'm sure it would unravel. But 
Okay, the way that I would say that time travel needs to be done well in media mm-hmm. is that it makes sense um, within the first few layers, right? If it falls apart, like, the first sign of scrutiny, it's bad time travel. But Agreed. if it's like, you know, you got to sit there and actually really plan through and find that one plot hole that unravels everything, I'd say that's considered good time travel. Because if you need to go that deep to find a plot hole, that's, that's fair. Yeah. I mean, again, I can agree with that. Yeah. I can really agree um, with that. So, with, so having said that, there is a show that I find that has really good time travel, and that's Army of the Twelve Monkeys. What? What's that I called? Think, I think it might actually just be called Twelve Monkeys. But Army of the Twelve Monkeys, fantastic sci-fi show. If we don't find anything else to watch after this, we might actually hit that one up because that show is actually really, really good. I, I like that show a lot. There's a lot of interesting twists and stuff that I feel like you may not pick up on. Um, oh, Dark. Dark. Oh, okay, okay. Okay, I forgot about this. Um, there is one show that I think is actually perfect in terms of tackling time travel, and that is Dark. It's on Netflix. It's only three seasons, and it, it didn't get canceled. They wrote it for three seasons, they told their story, and then they pieced out. <laughs> I am not I am not joking when I say Dark. Low-key is what, probably my <laughs> top five favorite shows of all time. And yeah, it, it is that good. It's an, it's a sci-fi show. It's in German, so, so that it is a subtitle-based show. What the heck? Do not watch it on English. I, I promise. The voice acting is so bad. Like I, by the way, for anyone who's wondering, I watch my anime dubbed. Right? I, trust me, dubbed in dark is. Wait, you watch? Do you like watching anime dubbed? I do. Okay, well, I was just saying, I I really enjoy watching it both. I like the subbed because they're, like, to me, it just seems like, um, it seems like that was, like, the original intent of the character is shown more in uh, subbed because you can hear the voice. But then again, I can see why people don't. I mean, okay, so everyone, a lot of people always say that. Did you see the uh, um, original intent of the character? Mm-hmm. And I think that that may have held up, you know, early 2000s. Because I don't know if you remember, but the dub earlier 2000s was not as good. But nowadays, since anime has become so big, anime studios have actually gone out of their way to include dubbed in their process, essentially. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, okay, because well, that's, before... fine. that's fine. I mean, I, I just didn't. No, no, I mean, again, if you like dub better or sub better, I don't really care. I'm just, I just explained that a lot of the stigma around dubbed comes from a lot of us were younger when anime, well, well sorry, when right. sub, and back then, you know, anime, again, was not as popular, so dubbed was an afterthought. Now it's become a much more um, in-demand thing, so the quality has just gotten way better. Like, go back. Okay, take a dubbed anime today, and then go back and watch Gundam, the original 1970s oh, Gundam. Oh, I love Gundam. Watch that in dubbed, and you will tell me the massive, massive difference in quality of voice actors. Because remember back then, first of all, voice acting was not considered a great acting job, right? Like, voice actors back then, was, it was just like, oh, okay, whatever. Uh, 
Yeah, it, it really didn't matter. And then you also had to find voice actor uh, people who would convert the Japanese to English, and then maybe they didn't always know the Japanese, the the Japanese, or like the intent or the emotion involved. So the voice actors back then, voice actors in general, if you look at voice acting back in like the seventies, it's not good. If you look up, because I'll, again, acting was mostly around acting, it wasn't around voice acting. It, like right. you know, Tom and Jerry. There's minimal to no audio, right? Uh, right? A lot of the Looney Tunes stuff is a lot of the same noises, um, more of like, you know, cracks and slaps and thumps and stuff like that. <laughs> so voice acting wasn't really a thing until right. I'd say I was even 80s or 90s, even right now. Because Inuasha was the 90s, right? Which was Inuasha? Yeah. 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 So that even then, I think. It was just starting to get there. Um, I think Yu-Gi-Oh, Pokemon. Yeah, Blade, my boy Yu-Gi-Oh. But yeah. Um, but wait, we got really off topic. Yeah, holy crap! How did we even get here? Uh, we don't know. But yeah, no, I um, really enjoyed these episodes, and then seeing Spock was kind of cool. Um, I don't think he looks quite as cool as a Spock in the J.J. Abrams movies. Zachary Quinto, I think it's the guy's name. Which did you ever watch um, Heroes? No, dude. I'm. I'm. I literally. I tell people this all the time. I only watch TV for the podcast, and then like occasionally I get to no, watch. No, no, no. Heroes is an older show. It's like no, I've never the seen 2000s. it. Thousands, really? Is. Uh, so Zachary Quinto was an actor for Spock in the original, or not the original, the J.J. Abrams movies, and he I think got big off the Heroes TV show. But anyways, um, yeah, seeing those aliens, the other ones with the big heads, they're like telepathic, I guess. Yeah. Um, that was really cool how they tricked Leland into showing that Spock and Burnham were on his ship. Then as soon as he jumps away, the projection basically fades. Yeah. That was really cool. Um, Vina, I so now we need we have questions regarding Vina and Captain Pike, right? Because it's like, okay, well, I understand that they know each other from before, but I need a little bit more details, right? And how did she end up there? Unless unless they mentioned it, I missed it. So no, I don't. You, I, don't I do you definitely have more of a attention span? Um, when it comes to that so like I guess the point that I'm making is that you would have picked on it before because if you have a, if you don't pick up on it Moz there's a good chance that Jordan didn't pick up on it it sounds terrible I know thank you but you're welcome <laughs> but you see what I'm saying yeah no no I guess you but yeah um, I don't so I don't think that they mentioned anything about her Right. Uh, like how she got there. And I am looking towards seeing more explanation about Captain Pike and that's I would like. Yeah, because Captain he again, he is far and away has become my favorite character. He just brings so much charisma and everything and he's not he doesn't seem so flat as a character, you know? I agree. And that is what makes me kind of like him better than the old captain. Actually, the past two captains. Um, first, the woman, and then, uh, what's his name? Uh, 
Uh, See? Or, no. Uh, oh my <laughs> god, it was, it was like literally at the tip of my tongue. I know, and I just, I, I just had it. Like I literally just had it. Anyway. Lorca. 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 Yeah. Oh wow, I got it. Hell yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's. I think that's that character was not a good character. I think he he started off kind of interesting and then ended not that way. (laughs) And, you know, it sucks because, like, that's the first dose of a captain that we got. And Mm -hmm. that's who we got? Like, to me, it's like, try again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, He just... I don't know. At that point, I'll just be rehashing myself. They just fell apart with the character work right. towards the end. Um, right. But this, well this, this off, new but... captain was definitely a step up from their previous. Yeah. I, he, you know, he, he, he's pretty logical. He doesn't seem evil. Uh, you know, he, he doesn't seem own... evil. Is yeah. that like one of those things where he could definitely be evil, but he doesn't seem. Yeah, theoretically. He, he has a good sense, like, I could see his logic breakdown, like how he got to that conclusion. You know, that's another thing about character writing where it's like, okay, how did he jump from here to there? And why did he decide to do this? That's how it sometimes needs to be explained. Rehashed out for the viewer. Yeah. So, but other than that, you know, I, I, um, yeah, I'm, I'm liking the show a lot. And, I have a feeling my prediction is something happens and Spock and Pike are not going to be part of the Discovery. It's like a disco- I guess Discovery is going to be its own show, its own ship, with its, with its own crew running. And Which then, I'm fine with that. I'm yeah, cool. I'm fine with that. And then Strange New Worlds will be Captain Pike and Spock and then the rest of their crew just off, you know. Farting around. Yeah, so I'm actually... I'm Crudely speaking. Definitely very excited for this moving forward. Um it, Once know, we're getting into the new universe, what we've seen already, it, it, it can be a little tough for people. I mean, yeah, no, I, dude, I agree. Um, and I think it's kind of cool that we're at this point where we can kind of ease our way into the Star Trek universe. One thing I did want to say is that um, we're nearing the, I think, two more episodes of this and we'll be done with Star Trek. We may even want to pick up the pace because September 1st is a new episode of The Wheel of Time. And I did want to... Or the new season starts. So, um, the next episode, we'll just cover the next three episodes of season two. So, it'll be episodes 9, 10, and 11. And then, after that, we'll do 12, 13, 14. So... That sounds good to me, man. Yep. And then, by then, we'll probably have two or three episodes to catch up on for Wheel of Time. And then after that, then we'll do every episode. We'll have its own. Uh, of Wheel of Time will have its own episode. So. I'm in. Yep. Uh, I, I'll be honest. Wheel of Time really got to wow me at this point. Because if season two sucks too. Then I'll still oh, watch season be, three and whatnot. <laughs> I'm going to be mad. Because I spent, I spent a year and a half, I think. Reading those 14 books. Um. Yeah, dude, you can be mad. Yeah, I'm definitely going to be mad. Um, 
So, because, and I read it, I, I prioritized reading that over anything else because the show is coming out. And, and I thought that the show was going to be very good. Yeah, that I thought the show was going to be very good. So I rushed it. I read nothing else but that for a year and a half. For me, that's rushing because it's 14 books and, you know, I don't have a a free life. And and if you guys have seen these books, books, they're they're chunkers. Each of them is a massive book. Yeah. And you I mean, you handed me over. I mean, you let me borrow freaking what? Ten of them? Yeah. Nine or ten. Yeah. So like I'm going to start those. I'm still going to download the audio book. So I would. I don't care what the hell anybody says about my audio book addiction. They can screw off. But I still pick up the hardback, and I'll freaking I'll cruise through. Me and my wife have a few moments. I'll cruise through, you know, two hundred pages in an hour. Whoa! So like, yeah, dude, I can cruise. Like, there's a point where I, I start reading, and I have a tough time starting to read. Mm-hmm. Like, like oh, mm-hmm. this is a slog. But if yep. I'm in it, dude, I can get two hundred pages in an hour, and that's not obviously reading every single word, like in my brain. But I can see the word and understand what's going on in the story while I read. So it's like I'll read and then there'll be a big part and I'll read through the big part to catch the details. Mm-hmm. But if like if it's just two characters talking, I can – it's not skimming. I wouldn't call myself skimming because skimming's really quick. This is more right. like viewing and understanding. Yeah, it's – Not technically reading it. I kind of know what you're talking about. And that's why I know I like – I enjoy a certain book more than other books. You know, this is one of those things like subjective versus objective. Agreed. I, I'm a big, big proponent of that because objectively speaking, Wheel of Time is supposedly one of the greatest series of all time. Everyone loves it, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and, and don't get me wrong. It is a great series. One of my favorite individual books of all time is book 11 of yeah. the Wheel of Time. It is such a good book. The, like the world of Wheel of Time, everything Wheel of Time has some strong solid positive uh things going for it but my god the weaknesses shine just as bright and sometimes way brighter than the like the uh positives really like oh yeah that dude i almost quit the series like four or five times Hmm. the only reason i didn't it was because i have major sunk cost fallacy so I'm like, well, I already put in four, four, you know, four books. I might as well keep going. See, that's how I um, feel about a video game. That's where honestly, it, yeah, I'm, a, I'm like that a lot, and that's where I, I'm, that's where Wheel of Time is lucky that I got in when it did. Because if I was, if I was to say, if I was to read Wheel of Time in my mental state now, and my mental state now is better, by the way, I, you know, I, I if something I feel like is just not vibing with me and i'm just not enjoying it i'm not gonna force myself to go through it um so, why would you yeah exactly why would i so wheel of time if i read the if that series today i would not i would have given up having wow. said that i will still maintain and this is where i'm kind of an enigma i will still say that enigma. i am happy that i did read the series i am i don't regret reading it um, it's weird because I don't, I would say I don't regret reading it, but I do regret starting it. Like I, because it was, again, I feel like it wasn't worth it, but also was kind of worth it because the story was really good. The, the characters were pretty good. The world was, oh my God, the world was so cool. 
Um, the lore, you were just all about that lore. Oh yeah, the lore, the world building, everything. It, uh, so all that stuff was really cool, but man, the price to pay was just a little obscene. And that's why I want <laughs> season two to be good of Wheel of Time. And if it's not good, You're gonna fight I will continue. Yeah, that too. I will continue watching like season three. And if it gets extended and doesn't get canceled, I'll continue watching the show. But I will not. Um, I will probably not be covering it in the podcast because season going through season one of... <laughs> Discovery has made me realize, you know what? Even if it is oh. for a setup for going to another better show, it's not worth it to go to waste podcast episodes covering a show that you're just not enjoying. Yeah, um, yeah. So, hey man, I, I get, I get it. There's sometimes where it's just not worth it. Listen, uh, when you hit the age that me and Jordan are at, time starts to be more valuable than money. That not that value, not that money's not valuable. It is, especially if you get enough of it. Um, then, in a way, you can kind of buy time, but t- time is more valuable to us now. So, absolutely, my own personal time too. Especially, Dude, I mean, I, that's and then I don't want to do this in the podcast, but since we're already just running it, I mean, people don't understand like how grateful they need to be when two friends. Use their own personal time when they have kids and family to actually spend time with each other outside of all that. Like that's huge. I agree. Unless you're one of those people that like just don't do anything, then that's on you. I'll be honest. Sometimes I wish I was that person because my God, I feel like I sometimes I do too much. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and then that's the thing too. I think I don't know. I think I would have anxiety if I didn't do enough. Yeah, that's the problem is I feel like if I'm sitting down and not doing anything, I just, I don't know. I should be working stagnant. I should be writing. I should be learning. I should be doing yes. this. Oh, like, oh, trust me. Yeah, when dude. I say yeah. doing stuff, I don't mean like, like I will still find something to do as far as like learning, reading, enjoying. But like I feel like I do too much like you know, jiu-jitsu and kids soccer and then this podcast and whatnot. But we're extending the podcast a little too much. You guys have heard us ramble on and on. So next episode the next three episodes of season two of star trek discovery which is uh 9 10 11 uh thank you all for listening and we'll see you all next time Peace.